This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 631, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 28th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. My name is Adam Chapman. I'm your host. This is our reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, December, sorry, November 28th. Uh, this episode is uh, a lot later than normal as we've probably stopped even thinking about the comics that came out on November 28th because we're already talking about the books from the week of Wednesday, December the 5th, but we're going to take one last look backwards at November the 28th. So if we do look back, uh, some of the books that uh, came out that day, which I will not be chatting about today, include the following. We had, uh, let's see, Aquaman, Justice League, Drowned Earth, number one, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Black Panther, Black Panther vs. Deadpool, DC Nuclear Winter Special, Darth Vader, Dead Man Logan, uh, number one of 12, Detective Comics 993, Fantastic Four, number four, Infinity Wars, Rack Knight, Infinity Wars, Weapon Hex, Iron Heart, uh, let's see, Justice League Odyssey, Marvel 2 and 1, Old Man Hawkeye. Man, I missed that. I love that book. Uh, Return of Wolverine, Spider Girls, Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, Spider Man, Deadpool, The Flash, The Terrifics, Titans, and Uncanny X Men number three. Uh, so what did I have a chance to read? Well, that is a good question. Uh, first up, we have Action Comics. This is uh, 1005. This is Brian Michael Bendis and Ryan Sook. Love uh, Ryan Sook's art. Um, so this is an interesting issue. We had the, a Dial H for Hero dial, and uh, then you have Rorschach showing up to basically uh, prevent the potential sale of this book of this uh, item. Uh, you have um, at work, you have Miss Good kind of trying to needle at uh, Clark Kent a little, and kind of finds out that that Lois is alive and she's and she's around, and there is no separation per se, and that's why Clark's happy and in a good mood. Uh, you have Clark going to talk to uh, the Deputy Chief Moore from the Fire Department uh, to kind of get more information on what what's going to go on next there. Um, and they kind of have a, a, a story or that they're working on and getting Superman involved to kind of find out what's going on uh, with regards to this upcoming Red Mist character, and the Red Mist then attacks him, um, which is cool. And then we have an idea of who this person actually is, because it looks like the Red Mist is actually kind of, um, uh, what's the word, unmasked, or at least we see who it is. Uh, I like this. This was good. Um, I thought this was a, an entertaining story. Um, the Sook artwork really kept it moving. Uh, it felt like, um, what's the word? I don't mean this in a rude way, but I feel like it could be taken this way. It, it, it felt less full of spectacle, more kind of... Um, character work and and you know kind of plot development without plot movement if that makes sense like uh we've got pieces being moved around characters coming in uh it felt like i was watching it felt like you know i was watching a tv show or that was you know it, it didn't it was a middle chapter as opposed to a beginning or an end um i feel like that sounds more negative than i mean it to be i'm gonna give this a it's a, a solid seven out of ten uh, i like the character work by uh, by ryan suck in terms of the art there um, I liked it. I did, wasn't blown away by the issue, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man number 10, which has a very cheeky cover. Um, the idea that the cover has even been stolen. Um, this was interesting. This is written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Humberto, Rambo, uh, Humberto Ramos and Michelle Bandini, uh, inks by Victor Alazaba and Michelle Bandini, uh, colors by Edgar Delgado and Eric Arseniega. Oh my god, I just brutaled that. Sorry about that. This is the heist part three. Um, so you start off with more information about what's going on at the lookups, and then you get back to uh, Felicia, Spider-Man, and the leader of the uh, Thieves Guild 
what is pre- very interesting is uh, MJ being able to kind of um, establish and, and kind of feel out how she feels about her role in, in Spider-Man's life at this point in time, which is very intriguing and interesting. Um, and then you also have what's going on at the Thieves Guild, which is okay, but it's a lot of it's kind of punching and, and a little bit mindless, and Spider-Man trying to find a way to get a hold of other heroes so that they can you know, confront the Thieves, um, which is cool. But the, the real crux of this issue for me is the discussion that Spider-Man and Black Hat have because it's less what we've been getting for the last 10 years, which is just banter between these characters, and it's become much much more sexual, um, which is fine, but just I don't need my Spider-Man and my Black Hat to be that sexual. I mean, I guess they were sexual of a kind in the 80s, but it was 80s sexuality, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't as overt. Um, whereas now it's much more kind of played up and it's not overt anymore. Sorry, not um, subtle anymore. It's very over, overt. But here you have the idea that Black Hat knows that she doesn't know who Spider-Man is under the mask, but knows that she she used to know, but now can't remember what his face looks like or what his name is, and that, you know, they did share something, and now part of her life went missing, and she deserves to remember. And, you know, part of it's trying to explain away the crazy divergent behavior that they had, that slot maybe put uh, Felicia through. Um, and I never liked that version of her, and I didn't like her being kind of the kingpin of queenpin of crime or whatever she was trying to be. Like it just felt so different from what any version of Felicia would have tried to do. Yeah, this felt like a very realistic portrayal of who this woman actually is and what her feelings are, which I don't think we've had in a really good way in a long time. And then you have you know Peter unmasking to her, and that again felt like a very earned moment. And then you have. A moment which I do like, but I didn't understand the coloring on where you have Peter and MJ talking about their day and Peter, you know, telling MJ that, you know, he told um, Felicia who he was. And that's very interesting. I just did not like the coloring in that sequence because I just felt it was kind of a weird washed out coloring that didn't wasn't didn't exist anywhere else in the book. So I just didn't understand the use of the color in that particular page. And then you have this, you know, the the mystery villain that we don't really know anything about, but he seems really upset about the fact that Pete uh, gave his, you know, a mask to uh, the black cat. So who knows what that's supposed to mean? I still have no real read on who that character is supposed to be, but I'm going to give the issue an eight. I thought there are parts of the issue that didn't work as well or went on a little long, but then the, the parts that were really good were the character moments were like Peter and MJ, Peter and uh, Felicia, or just MJ and her own and kind of working through her own feelings of now that she's back in Peter's life. Why is she back in Peter's life like this? What does it mean? And I felt like we're finally getting those answers, and I really appreciated that. So that's an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Daredevil 612. This is The Death of Daredevil by Charles Sewell and Phil Noto. I did find myself very much disappointed by this. Um just because I don't know if it really makes a lot of sense. And uh, it, it, like, it has some good moments. You know, there's a moment with Karen Page here, which I liked. But other than that, like, what does this mean? And does it mean anything? Like, it just felt very empty to me. I did like the narration, I cannot see the light, so I will be the light. I am Daredevil and I am not afraid. That was cool. But the rest, I just found that for a a storyline called The Death of Daredevil, this felt very weak to me. Um... And I don't know. I think it might read better collected because you read it all at once as opposed to over months and then having the ending happen the way it does here, which I don't really want to spoil. But, um, yeah, it just felt like it, it didn't 
mean anything or like what's the point of this um and i just felt like Sewell has done so well with daredevil and that to go out in a, in a on a note like this i found lackluster and even phil noto's artwork felt a little uninspired here so i'm gonna give it like a five um i just think it could have been better should have been better and everyone kind of deserved better and could do better so i found it very disappointing uh, next up, we have Heroes in... So that was a 5 out of 10. Next up, we have Heroes in Crisis, number 3 of 9, um, which I I feel like this is a this is a rough book to read on a weekly basis, or sorry, on a monthly basis, because I just don't think we're getting enough of what we need, and stuff's just kind of happening, but I don't know if we're really getting a resolution as to how and why it's happening like this. And you see some like upsetting things happen, and I just, I just, I just don't know. Um, yeah, I'm really, I don't know how I feel about this. It's written by Tom King, artwork by Clay Mann for uh, pages 1 and 20, Lee Weeks doing pages 2 to 19. Um, I liked the art, um, I just, I'm not sure how I feel about the story, and the characters used, and how they're used. I'm gonna give it a 6, like, I feel like in a collected format, when you can kind of read it all at once, and have all the pieces slowly fit together i think it would probably be better than a monthly read like i just find i'm not getting a like what are we getting what is this i'm just not sure what the point of this is uh like what's the point of the deaths and like identity crisis was a murder mystery but you felt like you understood pieces of it you know like a murder happens they're trying to find out who did it so they're trying to shake down people then you have the idea that um, you know, oh, something bad happened in the past. This might be part of what happened. You know, like this bad event happened. Maybe this villain remembers things now. Like you had pieces of the puzzle kind of coming, you know, which which propelled the story forward. And eventually, we got you know the ending that we got for Identity Crisis. Whereas here, I feel like we're jumping all over the place. But I'm not really sure what the general movement forward is. Um, so I'm, I'm just I, so I I don't know what I'm reading. Um, I find it hard to classify. Uh, and last but not least, we have Wonder Woman fifty nine. I know I don't think I don't remember the last time I talked about Wonder Woman on the podcast. I'm never caught up on this book. Um, I like it. It's um, I'm enjoying the Return of Ares here, which is interesting. Um, this is the the Just War Part Two, um, which again is an inter- interesting uh, story by G Willow Wilson and Carrie Nord. Um, an interesting creative team, that's for sure. Um, the framing uh, sequences with uh, Steve Trevor, I'm not as enthralled, or like they're okay. But really, having Aries show up and saying that you know he's here to do the you know these good things, and having him going up against Wonder Woman and saying like he's not her villain, but that she's basically allowing the uh, you know the oppressed to to win is interesting concepts and kind of putting Wonder Woman maybe in a different light. Um, so I'm enjoying this. And I'm also, I, I like the ending here where you had um, Steve Trevor being like your leader, who is he? And having, I don't know, whatever this creature is that is one of the creatures who's um, the, the giant bird who's basically taking care of him, uh, saying, you know, he who said anything about a he, which is kind of an interesting, you know, like Steve Trevor kind of automatically assumes that a man is a leader and it's not a he at all, or potentially not a he. Um, although it definitely seems that way. So I'm going to give this a, a, a six and a half. Um, the art I found was a little, a little rough by Carrie Nord. Like it just, it, it didn't, it wasn't as clear in some instances. Um, yeah, it was not my favorite 
and I thought the storytelling at times was a little static, uh, but I, I did like the overall issue. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Anyways, thanks for uh, listening to this uh, this podcast as we've talked about books from November the 28th. Uh, next week, uh, well, really, in two days, when I talk about books from December the 5th, um, I'll be talking about Batman 60, Immortal Hulk, The Best Defense, number one, Immortal Hulk, number 10, Killmonger, number one, and Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, 38. Uh, so we'll be talking about those in just a couple days. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, read and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.